All right, let's get into a topics worthy of discussion. We know what the topic du jour is, and I wanted to drill down with our two panelists. Joining me in the studio, Adrian Batra, Editor-in-Chief of the Toronto Sun. Good afternoon, Adrian. It's a great day for talk radio, John. Thank you so much, Adrian. And Kim Wright is the VP at Hill & Knowlton, also uh, represents the interests of the NDP. How's Kim? I am fantastic on this lovely Monday. Thank you for coming in on this lovely Monday. Uh, it is lovely, isn't it? I mean, when you consider that there's going to be a city council reduced from 47 down to 25, who could possibly argue against that being a good thing? Well, anyone who likes democracy, I suppose. But really what we're talking about is not necessarily the size. And, you know, as you were alluding to earlier, the size doesn't make it more or less efficient. There are a lot of component pieces uh, to how council functions that can be changed and should be changed. Uh, But it was more the fact that at the very end of the nomination period that the premier swooped in and said, nah, I'm good. You all need to go. And I think that really not only concerned people in Toronto, but across the province where they said, wow, if this can happen here in Toronto, what's next? All right, Adrian, is it undemocratic for openers? I nominate Kim Wright to be the next leader of the NDP because she articulated a heck of a lot better than a lot of the people on that on her side of the aisle mm. have said so because they sound hysterical, they sound lunatics, and they sound just completely out of touch because the reality is there are a vast majority of people that do support such a, such as this, um, this move that the Premier made on Friday and ultimately introduced the legislation today. I will say, um, but... I don't necessarily like the process by which we have come to this conclusion. I Mm. think that there should have been more warning. I think that there should have been a few more conversations about this. But this is not, this should come as zero surprise to anybody that um, Premier Ford would want to move in this direction. There is, uh, you know, this notion out there, John, that, oh, we, we need a referendum, we have to do this, we have to consult. There's a lot, there's been a lot of consultation. In fact, that's one of the things, and I know that Kim won't disagree with me on the, at least this aspect of it, not necessarily this issue, but this aspect. There's so much damn consultation done at City Hall that nothing actually ever really gets done. Yeah. So if you can, if you can accept that they were going to go to 47 seats, 47 councillors were going to be elected in 2020 uh, in 2018 mm-hmm. in October 22nd. Um, not necessarily better representation, bigger government. They didn't have a referendum. They didn't consult. They, they, had, they conversations. Had, four years. They had conversations with each other and they will say, oh, well, we consulted with this. We all know and how city the- consultations work. The very same usual suspects show up. Those with special interests come to, to the fore. The average citizen who just goes about their business, pays their property taxes, wants their garbage taken away, maybe wants a few potholes fixed. They're not engaged in the process. So this is a far more reasonable number and a manageable number. Well, there you go. Well, Case the, closed. Except for there was four years of consultation that started, in fact, under the... Uh, originally, it was uh, contemplated under the last uh, administration of the Rob uh, Ford. What is fascinating to me is everyone likes to talk about consultation when it serves their interests, and this has been an ongoing consultation process on word boundary reviews that also went through the court system. Uh, you know, the, the Premier will talk about... Well, the gold standard will be 
the provincial boundaries, which is great in Toronto, perhaps, except for if you live in Windsor, where now your council possibly could go to two people, because that's how many provincial representatives you have. And one of but the he thi- didn't mention Windsor, did he? He didn't yet. What they did oh. meant, what they actually did mention in their announcement on Friday was uh, a review of regional governments mm. and what does that look like. And ultimately, to me, that boils down to what is the next inter- iteration of the downloading discussion and who does what next, whether it's transit, social housing, uh, social services, planning, and all the rest of it. Governing is expensive. Uh, taxpayers pay an awful lot of money of how uh, to get services that they need. Uh, but we do this because this is part of the process that we go through in government uh, with governments and with the public sector. And I think it's important. What does uh, that, that mean? I see you've got me uh, confused <laughs> here now. Government is expensive and it's part of the process and blah, blah. I guess uh, I just like to see things in simplistic terms reduced to uh, fewer bodies, uh, less stasis and uh, you know getting bogged down and uh, it'll expedite all kinds of wonderful things being done am i wrong adrian this is the challenge with the narrative that is being pushed on on the left is that bigger government's better bigger government works for you bigger government means that you're going to be represented but that is not what's actually happening in reality we've had big government we've had big bureaucracies we've had all of these things clearly there's a reason why a doug ford got elected and there's a reason why a rob ford got elected in 2014 it's because many excuse me in 2010 people did not believe that their local representation which is the closest level to the to the people was reflective and representative of them so it is nice to say that you know doug is going to go in and rip up all these um, municipal boundaries and do this that and the other thing he is not even hinted at that of course there should be regular reviews of course it's reasonable for the provincial level of government who does you know is the jurisdiction over all of this these uh, municipal legislations I and mean, creatures of the province the whole bit with municipalities that is not an unreasonable thing what is unreasonable is to suggest that all of a sudden all these boundaries and borders are being erased in all of these places um outside of uh, outside of the GTHA and the Durham region, and that this is alarmist. That is, it's over the top, and frankly, it's it's not uh, it's not even close to what's going to happen. In fairness, we have in the city of Toronto the sixth largest government in the country, including the national government by by budget. So you agree with Jennifer so, Keesmaat? So no, no. One of the things that people need to have a, a real deep conversation is what does that look like from a governance structure, both on an intergovernmental but also locally in Toronto. We deal with a Toronto City Council on any given month, four to 500 items of varying size and complexity. Should we deal with all of those? That's a bigger question, but we do. And that's what happens every single month. And to say it's an inefficient level of government, well, frankly, that's uh, that's completely nonsense. And it is completely absurd when it looks at what the it's, provincial it, and federal governments Kim, deal with. It's not with. nonsensical and on. I've always had a great deal of respect for, for the role that you've played down at City Hall. But frankly, I've lived in those trenches. I've been in those trenches. There is a... St- stupid amount of inefficiency you can and not come up with a unique idea at city hall john without there already having been a staff report sitting on someone's shelf collecting dust over it there are no new ideas down there there are nothing there's nothing moving forward rob ford tried it john tory has tried it to his credit david miller even tried i mean he's the one that brought it down from 55 to 44 and so uh, as far as the number of seats so there is 
absolutely a rationale to have it mirrored with the pr- provincial level of, of government and the federal level of government with respect to how much how much government we have. You know, it's interesting because uh, while we're sitting around here, and uh, I guess you guys are more or less, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, policy wonks, but the rank and file individual out there, they basically, uh, all they see is a lot of people who, you know, haven't really gotten things done. The, the transit file is the big one, for example. That's yes. just writ large. It shows inefficiencies in uh, the government, uh, as well as uh, not resolving the issue. It's just been talked about. And as you say, report after report, consultation, nothing's uh, been resolved. People are frustrated. And there's anger out there. There's anger. And uh, when they see that, you know, even if you want to perceive it as Doug Ford taking an axe to the whole process, they're good with that. Yeah, they are. And frankly, the, he's got a lot more support than a lot of people are, are saying. I mean, of course, you're always going to have your usual suspects who run before the cameras and say, oh, my God, the world is falling apart. Right. This is the worst thing ever. But talk to the silent majority and they're thinking, yeah, I'm good. I'm good with that's fewer, fewer precisely of them. the point. You know, and when we talk about issue. transit gridlock, what is extraordinarily interesting to me is that Adrian seems to forget that one of their first acts when they turned uh, the the Rob Ford administration into City Hall uh, is they ripped up Transit City, which was well oh, on its way that. to be being built. So it's one thing to say that transit never gets built and we keep having all of these discussions and these rehashing we had a plan we had a program it was actually being what happened in the ensuing five because years because it was after? a bad plan transit city was a bad plan that's why it was ripped up that's why it was you know eliminated right we'd still be having this discussion and going back and forth in this till 2030 you know and, that. And actually, we could have the same conversation about the Scarborough subway at this point. Well, that's the point, <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's, where, that's our reality yeah, right now. Yeah, and uh, people have just, you know, hit the wall, and they're happy to see something, at least if it's uh, going to kickstart uh, something in the right direction. Yeah, it's like I, I, I liken it to gutting a house before you renovate, uh, and that's what's happening here. So let's get back into it with more topics worthy of discussion. Our friends Adrian Batra and Kim Wright uh, from Hill and Knowlton in a moment here on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. There's gridlock on our streets and there's gridlock at City Hall. Uh, let's not forget, this Premier could not get elected as Mayor of Toronto. Get up if you have the balls to do it and say it. Yeah. 